Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. To find more information about the Preacher Boys podcast and upcoming documentary, visit PreacherBoysDoc.com or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now, here is your host... Eric Skwarzynski. All right, Amanda, welcome back to the Preacher Boys podcast. So I wanted to have Amanda on. I've had her on the show in the past to talk about uh, the troubled teen industry, and I'm going to ask her to go into that in a second. But I wanted to bring her on. I was going to do an episode talking about uh, Paris Hilton's new documentary, This is Paris. And then I thought, who better to sit down with and discuss this movie with than Amanda. But Amanda, can you just, for those who maybe missed our last episode or aren't familiar with you, can you just talk a bit about who you are, exposing Circle of Hope, and kind of uh, your journey with the troubled teen industry? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, my name is Amanda. Um, my name is Amanda Householder. My parents... Boyd and Stephanie Householder basically started working in the troubled teen industry in the 90s. Um, we moved from a couple of different facilities until eventually they opened up Circle of Hope Girls Ranch um, in 2006. Um, thankfully, um, they closed their doors this year due to all of us coming together and basically exposing them for what they truly are. Um, the it was it was really interesting finding out the girls were removed but the most <laughs> i guess the part that i feel most successful with is uh we did get a um missouri state legislator looking at the laws in missouri and not only is she looking at the laws, she's talking to a whole bunch of different lawyers and other um state legislators to get the wording properly to make sure that the circle of hope uh situation can never happen again and that's what she said and that honestly just hearing that um made me proud because if anything all the abuse we went through um it's it's not for nothing. We 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 spoke out and we're getting laws changed and not just oh we're just gonna do it this way. Like this lady is looking 
into it really heavily, making sure it's like properly. She, she wants to talk to other survivors. Um, she said that she's already been called by hundreds of, uh, she's like, I think I opened a can of worms and I didn't even know it. And I was like, yeah, um, it's way bigger than I even suspect, like suspect, suspected, no. sorry. So it, it was that part I was most proud of. So. No, that's, that's awesome. And yeah, it's, it's one thing, I mean, obviously circle of hope closing is a, a good thing. Um, but it's, yeah. you know, I know you feel the same way as I do and I work in even a broader kind of across the board, like abuse within churches and things like that. But one of the goals aside from just stopping those who have done it is putting in checks and balances. So that kind of stuff can't keep happening. And so that's really, really cool. Um, yeah, for for those who might not know, and they hear us say the troubled teen industry or you know troubled teen homes, and um, you know I think many people don't really know what that is um, and don't know when you say that you know what are we talking about here? Can you kind of give a, a definition of what a troubled teen home looks like and uh, basically what they are and how they operate? Yeah, a troubled teen home is supposed to be a place that any parent who is having Problems, I hate, I just, problems with their child. So it could be anything between violence, um, drugs, gangs, um, anything like that. They can send their child to, to get therapy, um, help, and like structure. Um, The majority of them, well, not the majority of them, I take that back. (laughs) The more, the ones I grew up with were, independent fundamental Baptist. And um, they were basically boarding schools, but they were ran more cult-like. But these things run from, like, I found out, like, they're not all religious. They can be uh, therapeutic boarding schools. They can be wilderness camps. They can be um, residential homes. They can be, uh, but non-religious, like, all of them. Um, any place that you send your child to to get help is basically part of the troubled teen industry. Okay. Now, I don't want to say that every single one of them is abusive. I can just say the ones I grew up around were abusive. And the ones that I now have spoken to survivor after survivor after survivor that is now like family to me um those are all abusive and they are all strangely enough ran the same ways like very 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 similar tactics and even even the non-religious ones have very similar tactics to the religious ones and it's it's really weird because it, it kind of connects you in a weird way, but it's just really weird hearing other people's stories and they're like very similar to yours. And it's like your facility was like states away. And 10 years before I was even thought of, you know, right. so like it's been going on for years. Yeah, no, it, it, that's one thing I've noticed. And I've gotten to talk to a lot of people on, on the show now that have, I mean, all given these, you know, really crazy testimonies coming out of these um, kind of homes. And they are, they're spread out from, I've talked to ones who were in California, people who were in Missouri, people who were in Indiana, and uh, even watching the doc, which we'll get into in a second, like her experience in uh, Utah uh, was, it's all the exact same stories, exact type of, you know, the, the force feedings, the sitting and staring at the wall, the, the physical abuse, like 
down to a T. I mean, I mean, the only thing that seems to switch a little bit is like how aggressive they are in like getting girls and moving them into these homes and they have guys homes as well. But um, that seems to be the only thing that is kind of a, um, depending on the home is whether they actually go and retrieve students and bring them to the home. That's like the only thing I've seen that's been a little bit different. Um, but get, uh, let's, let's talk about the documentary because um, like I personally, and it's because of my independent Baptist background, I, I missed the Paris Hilton hype train, you know, and I, I didn't know much Same. about her up until, uh, I mean, up until recently. And actually it was uh, the first time I'd ever seen like, Everyone was like, okay, that's Paris Hilton was watching a, um, <laughs> was watching a movie called uh, Repo where she plays like <laughs> a, a girl who's like addicted to plastic surgery. And uh, it's a, she's great in the movie. And that was like my first time being like, oh, that's Paris Hilton. And so my introduction was kind of like this, like heavy metal, cool, you know, kind of rocked out version, yeah. <laughs> um, which is not, it's definitely not been her brand over her whole career, but um, what was your first kind of introduction to Paris Hilton? And is this kind of the first time you've ever really like been had her in your, I guess, mind <laughs> or thoughts? No, actually, um, <laughs> it's really funny. Um, there was this little girl who got sent to Circle of Hope and she was 11 and she moves to Circle of Hope and she's like staring at me. And it was really funny because I was just like, why are you staring at me? And she looks at her buddy and she goes, I think she raised her hand because you can't speak without raising her hand. And she's like, may I tell her something? And her buddy's like, yes. And she's like, you remind me of Paris Hilton. And I was like, I didn't know who that was. And so she's like, you know, you know, the simple life. And I was like, I, I, I don't know what yeah. that is. Cause like, I wasn't raised around that. I don't remember if it was Walmart or Dollar General. My mom took me to, and I saw her on, I want to say it was a tabloid. And I was like, oh, that's Paris Hilton. And um, so (laughs) that was basically my first introduction. When I went back home, I was like, dude, there's no way. There's like, I don't know. I I don't want to say I resented Paris, but I was like, just like, there's no way I remind you of her because like, look at her and then like, look at her life and then look at us. And it was really weird finding out this year that um she went through what she went through and I never knew that I could relate to her on so much of a level so it it made me I don't know it was it was very interesting to know that it doesn't matter where you come from in life yeah you can still be traumatized by one of these places so right yeah, no, um, I, I read a review for the movie because I track all my movies and review them because I'm a nerd, yeah. so I do that with everything I watch. But I was reading a review for the movie and someone wrote, uh, this is a great reminder that trauma can uh, have all kinds of different faces. And, you know, that that really, to me, just hit the nail on the head of what took me back with the documentary. Um, so for those who don't know, so the documentary is called This is Paris and it was released on YouTube Premium. Go back, do it again, real walk. Right. What do you mean I'm not on a runway? Paris. I feel like the whole world thinks they know me. That's hot. That's hot. Sorry, I'm so used to like playing a character that it's like hard for me to like be normal. No one really knows who I am. 
I'm always putting on this facade or just like happy, perfect life. And you're happy? Sometimes. They say trauma. The mind may forget, but the body never forgets. What's up, Belgium? And it's trapped in you. And it can come out whenever. Stop! I don't even know who I am sometimes. I didn't used to be that way. Something happened in my childhood that I've never talked about with anyone. I just heard screaming. Bloody murder. But I couldn't tell you guys because every time I tried, I would get punished by them. I still have nightmares about it. Here we are at Paris' school. And the only thing that saved my sanity was thinking about who I wanted to become when I got out of there. Just created this brand and this persona and this character, and I've been stuck with her ever since. Is that enough? No. <laughs> um, and basically, um, it's this very pretty raw documentary about uh, Paris Hilton over the last couple years and showing, obviously, the one that everyone knows, like this kind of branded, you know, the high voice and like the bright blonde hair and, you know, all the pink and, and dresses and all this stuff. Um, but then it also shows kind of her behind the scenes and when she's not in character, that's what she always says is like when I'm not in character. And so when she's just herself and, and so, um, and then ultimately, of course, she, she dives into the topic of being in one of these uh, troubled teen facilities, escaping that one, being put in another one and another one and another one and so the, funny. the trauma that she experienced through that. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it, I mean, nobody knew this about her um, up until she started teasing this documentary, and I certainly didn't. And um, I mean, I got to be honest, my my understanding of Paris was probably like most people's where it was like, oh, she's, you know, oh, she's the rich girl that flies around and she, you know, does all this crazy stuff. And like, yeah. you know, she's a wing of kind of like the Kardashian, like influencer kind of world. And she is, she's one of those celebrities that I don't think has ever been... Um, had this like given this humanity uh, side of her. It's been a product. Um, and that's something she hits on very heavy in the documentary. But, you know, watching it, um, we talked a little bit beforehand, but like one of the things that shocked me was the moment she would come out of character and you would see the person behind this like iconic legendary brand and see the stress and the anxiety. And it's not just when she's talking about her experience at the troubled teen facilities yeah. like it's literally just all of the ramifications of that trauma in her life in her relationships in her schedule in her idea of work like it's it filters throughout and so I think it really by the end of that I was just sitting there thinking like oh it really does like it just reminds you that even though she's living what's like I would be like oh that's amazing I get to travel the world yeah. and have tons of money and, and <laughs> people like running and scheduling things for me like it really puts a perspective like, oh, she's still like, this took a lot from her. Like she may have a lot of financial um, things and cool contracts and, and yeah. different things, but 
it took things that I think she would give all that stuff to have back. Um, so what were maybe some of the things watching the documentary? I kind of mentioned some things for me, but like, what are some things when you watched it that you maybe didn't know or that you were completely shocked by? Um, what were some things that surprised you when you watched? I don't know. I wouldn't say I was necessarily surprised. The part that surprised me the most that this was Paris, like she went through this and um, I, it was hard watching her. I know it was a cartoon, <laughs> um, but it was hard watching her be locked up. It was hard. Um, I mean, it's hard to hear these stories. And like, even though I went through this and I watched people get put punished this way, basically my whole life, it was just hard. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's just hard seeing other people go through that. And then the part where she starts, where she talks about her, um, her night, her nightmares. Um, I'm not shocked. I just, I can relate. And I, I, um, it's just sad because I wish this never happened to anyone. And it's just, it, it connects us all together in a weird way. Um, I absolutely loved the fact that she's not afraid to stand up for herself <laughs> because I know a lot of us afterwards, um, like it, it took me a long time to learn to, to stand up to my to people. So um, I, I, I was really proud because I never like just looking at the image she usually portrays. I just never took at her as the type of person to tell a man to get out and give her, you know, give, give me the bracelets because of the way he was treating her. And yeah. I, I, to me, that was very inspirational because it's like, you, you do have the ability to stand up for yourself and it, it's just, that was, that was amazing to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were a lot of those moments where, again, like I told them and I told my wife, I said like, there were moments where she's describing what happens at the schools. And I said, like, that stuff's always a gut punch, but it's, it wasn't new information to me. Like I knew that these schools existed, yeah. but still it's very emotional when you see that. But I said, the things that really, really like hit me in the gut where it's like, you know, that's where you want to tear up or like, just like, oh man, is those moments where you can see how it's filtered into her life now. And like the, the scenes with the guy that she was with at the time of the documentary and seeing him kind of taking that same kind of predatory abusive role um, and, and basically weighing in on her like perceived weaknesses and, yeah. and trying to take advantage of them and exploit them. For me, that was a moment where I was like, that really stirred up something of like, oh, he's seeing that he thinks he has some vulnerability he can abuse and pick on. Um, and then it was like, it was really, really cool to see her flip the switch on him and yeah. basically like kick him out instantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, but yeah, it was stuff like that. And it was the conversations with her and her sister talking about having kids oh. or being a workaholic or, um, you know, her struggling with uh, being able to sleep at night. And it's like, you know, all that kind of stuff is just very, it's very humanizing and it's very, especially because we've seen such a, a kind of a caricature of who she is to see her literally 
flip the switch and now I'm going for my bubbly. I'm taking pictures in three or four dresses. And then now it's like, oh, I have to be in bed by this time, get up at this time, do it again. And in the background, I can't sleep because I'm having nightmares about this traumatic uh, experience. So yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of moments like that for me that I didn't expect to impact me the way that I, I thought her talking about that the homes was definitely going to impact me, but I didn't expect you know, the day-to-day stuff and touring and all that stuff to really hit the way it did. Um, but yeah. And can we talk for a second? I mean, the dress she wore when she DJed was super, super cool. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, that's super cool. I want cool. that dress. <laughs> but, I want that dress so bad. I was like, oh my gosh. I just wanted to pause it and like, <laughs> just like see the, cause it, it just danced. It was just so pretty. I was yeah. like, oh my God. I was like, this um, is pretty cool. I didn't know about the DJ stuff either. I was like, oh, that's oh, kind of yeah. cool. So I, I did. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I did know she DJed uh, because I dated a DJ once. And so <laughs> I like, I did know she DJed. I can't say I listened to her music because I am more into like heavy metal. But right. um, yeah, no, I did know she DJed, but it was nice like watching her in yeah. her zone. And that was, that was pretty cool too. Yeah. <laughs> no. And it, it was another one of those kind of crazy respect things where like, does Paris Hilton have to DJ to make money? No, no. <laughs> like, but, but I thought it was cool when she was saying like, oh, I just have to prove that I can. And talking through like a paparazzi photo, make it look like she wasn't actually playing. And she's like, so now I got to really up my game to show people like I'm not playing. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Um, so, so getting more into like, obviously the, the troubled teen facilities, she, she was in quite a few, obviously the, the last and worst being Provo out of Utah. Um, and, um, were you familiar with Provo at all before watching or, or have you heard any stories from anybody that's been in there? Or was that kind of new info for you as well? Um, well, I hadn't heard of Provo until this year. I actually, um, back when I first posted that video of my dad, um, the inside of my dad's school, um, she liked that video on Instagram and I was just like, what? Like, why? <laughs> like, this is like, random. Why is Paris Hilton? Like, I was really flattered, but I was like, okay, wait, let me go make sure it's the correct video. And I read my, like, I looked at the video and I read the update and I was like, or not the update, but the status with it. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's that video. And so I posted and my friend was like, oh yeah, I went to the same school she did, but just a year later. And I was like, wait <laughs> what <laughs> right. and so she's like yeah no and so like then I started looking honestly it was so just looking up the stories it it, it takes it's disgusting it's yeah. disgusting looking at those stories so I it, it took a while but I have looked up the stories I can't say I know much about it I just know from this year what I've like looked right. into right yeah it, it was interesting and again it's it's so odd because because I I mean, even interviewing people for the show, I'm like, okay, well, these are the independent Baptist schools that are doing this. And then you start realizing like, oh, the troubled teen industry as a whole is doing this. And it's got so little um, legislation, so little guidelines to operate by that they can do really whatever they want. And so there's a lot of really sadistic people just opening it's, these cabins and and schools. Um, it's so weird how, like I, I mentioned earlier, how much they operate very similar, but like the head of the schools are very similar as well. And it's like similar yeah. in their sadisticness. And it's just weird. It's just like, how do we have this many people like this? 
and why I just don't understand why it's allowed. I know it's the law, but it's just weird that we have that in humanity. So, yeah. Well, one of the things that I did appreciate, and I didn't know if they were getting into it until it happened in the last five, 10 minutes, but um, getting to hear from her mom's point of view and um, kind of her one, I think kind of shock at like how much really happened. Um, and, you know, her obviously feeling like a kind of what have I done kind of moment. Um, and I think that she's representative of probably a lot of parents who do send their kids to these schools where they don't know. And I know this from talking with people, like they, they thought it would just be a good, like strict preparatory school. They didn't think it was going to be like abusive. I I don't think most parents have that in mind. Um, but it's just, it's just shocking to me kind of like how unaware people are of this stuff happening. And and the fact that it's someone like Paris Hilton, that her mom was in the dark and she could have probably found out anything she wanted to, but the fact that they still kept things in the dark from her. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like I, I, I was trying to process that and I know watching it, it seemed like Paris was trying to process it as well. Like you know, she's oh, saying, yeah. oh, if, if we knew this, you know, you know, your dad and I would have been there in an instant. And I kind of got a vibe that she, she believed her, but also was like, I, there's got to be something in the mind of like, well, you had to know some of this, or you had to like have suppressed knowing some of this experience. Did you kind of pick up that vibe as well? Or was that just me kind of <laughs> watching it? I did feel like it was a very awkward, um, awkward situation. Um, I I feel like her mom was, um, like you said, processing things, but I feel like she also was, I want to know what happened off camera. I want to know how that went down off camera. Um, because you could tell like her mom wanted to reach across and hug her. Um, but I, from experience with these things, a lot of, a lot of kids who leave these places that were, um, taken away the way Paris was taken away Mm. um, don't have relationships with their parents anymore. Like they, they don't even talk to their parents. And so um, for me, it was, it was very nice seeing that her mom and her didn't argue about it. Um, I just know that I personally feel parents are victims um, because I don't think that her parents knew that she was being locked up in solitary confinement for days on end and stuff like that. Um, I feel like her parents thought they were doing what was best. Um, But Paris and every other child that goes through this was feeling abandoned. So part of them, I don't, I don't feel like even through therapy, because like, I know how I I, I am (laughs) with going through therapy. I feel like it gets better, but I don't feel like you ever get over it. So um, I don't think her mom's to blame, but I do feel like her mom does feel guilty, if that makes sense. And Paris probably still has, since this is the first time her and her mom are talking about it, there's still a lot of processing that both of them are going to have to do together. And I just, I I hope the best for them. Um, I, I do feel like it would, it will end very well for them because they are talking about it now. Yeah. I just, I know it's, it, it's very traumatizing for the parents to have to hear what's going on because a lot of parents don't know. Yeah. Um, 
And you're going to feel guilt. Even if you were ignorant to it, you're going to feel guilty. Yeah. A lot of parents feel so guilty because like she's, her mom said, like if they would have known, they would have been there in an instant to take them away. But the child who is at the school is being told, well, your parents don't care about you. They say, I don't know if Paris was told this, but this is what my parents would say to girls at Circle of Hope. Your parents don't want you. They sent you here for a reason. And like the isolation from your parents, because you're not allowed to talk to them. You're not allowed to call them. You're not allowed to tell them the things that are happening to you. You literally have to be a robot. I just know that it's very um, traumatizing to you as a child. And it, it, I'm just glad her and her mom are capable of talking about it. So yeah. no, it's huge. And, and she even said that in the documentary, she said um, it was one of the animated sequences, which were very hard to watch, even though they were very simple. Um, you know, but she said, she's like, I knew they had no idea that this was happening, but I hated them while I was there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I thought it was really cool that they were able to still at least have the conversation and there wasn't what I tend to see when kids come to their parents, even for lesser things like this, where a parent knows they hurt them. A lot of times I see the parents react in anger because they don't want to address what happened. And I thought it was, I thought it was really big of her mom to like actually like just sit, process it, and try to do something. Um, and I think that was really, yeah. you know, and her saying she was proud of her was another one of those gut punch moments where I was like, that's really cool. Like that's a cool moment to happen. Um, yeah. But yeah. So um, obviously we've talked about this. This is not a weird anomaly where there's three or four homes and we happen, you know, there's a few of these things happening. Like I, I was on uh, breaking code silence, which I want to talk about in a second, but they say that there are 50,000 children kept in residential treatment centers every year. There's a thousand residential treatment centers, at least for youth in the United States and 145 children have died from preventable causes and at least 62 from asphyxiation or injury caused by restraint. Um, and then, of course, there's little to no oversight for treatment programs. So Breaking Code Silence, it's actually um, someone who's a, uh, I think they went to school with Paris, or I know they're at least friends with her um, and started this organization. Um, and I, I had seen the hashtag, but I had never seen the account. I didn't know it was from an account. Um, I was actually watching the documentary and she said Breaking Code Silence. And I was like, I should check that out. And when I typed in, I was like, oh, they're following me. So I'll follow back. I feel bad. They've just been sitting there. Um, but I started looking through their stuff and, and their stories. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing the amount of reach that they've had. Um, and I can say this about you as well, because I think you've had a very similar kind of project that you've been doing with Exposing Circle of Hope, like just to be able to go through and click on stories and watch all these testimonies that are so similar and all these people that have been impacted. Um, have you, um, have you been familiar with breaking code silence? I know, um, they're obviously like, I, I felt dumb that I wasn't aware of them until this point. Uh, but you know, have you appreciated like the work they've been doing and, and how helpful has that been for you when you're trying to, you know, I know for me looking at organizations that do similar things to what I do, it's helpful to see kind of an example there. So I didn't know about Breaking Code Silence until the beginning of this year. And Miranda from um, the Talk Trouble actually got her friend Jen Robinson to put um, a video together for their campaign um, because I think Paris Hilton's video was actually um, supposed to come out in May of this year. And so um, they were trying to get a whole bunch of like Breaking Code Silence videos up. And so like 
she helped me get that um like put up and then um I like I said I didn't know of them until the the beginning of this year um but having because I, I I talked to a couple of those girls that um run the page they have been like a huge 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 inspiration um just seeing how one one hashtag can um can make a huge difference um i see you um i see you survivor is also another hashtag that i i was like really like okay so hashtags <laughs> hashtags make a difference and so um yeah i'm 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 really proud of what they are doing and it, it's very inspirational and helpful especially especially for me like growing up in this I knew I knew it was big but I knew it was big Lester Roloff version yeah. of it it and was so, big like, just, in your world yeah yeah but then see oh it's so it's but seeing the numbers of these survivors and it's very inspiring it's very it's very sad but it's very inspiring because it's like none of these people thought we would ever come together and become so strong over a hashtag. Um, and it, it's just, even if I don't know them personally, I, I consider them family because it's just like a weird bond. Like you can kind of understand them. How? Yeah. It, they actually, uh, they actually shared a post. I, I reshared to my Instagram um, yesterday but it says as traumatized children, we always dream that someone would come and save us. We never dreamed that it would in fact be ourselves as adults. And I thought that was a really cool kind of statement. And, and we're definitely seeing that with the stuff you're doing. Like, I mean, your, your reach has been incredible. And I mean, like just on TikTok, like that you've kind of blown up the way you have, and you've been able to put all these stories out. I mean, millions and millions and millions of views on these videos. Um, how many of these girls have you talked to and survivors? I should probably stop saying girls because it's been guys and girls, but how many, um, how many people have you talked to who've been survivors of these kind of schools? Um, I would say, well, because I, I went, to, like I said, I went to a couple of different ones. The ones I went to, I would say at least a hundred. Mm. Um, I know that's a lot. Um, at least a hundred. Um, I would say at least 50 um, outside of my school. And when I say 50, I mean, those are the ones that I, I keep in contact like regularly. Yeah. I do speak to other survivors through TikTok. Like I I've had like hundreds upon hundreds yeah, of people reach out to me. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah. And like saying, Hey, look up the school, look up the school. And it's like, yeah. I, I can't even begin to explain how my mind was just like overwhelmed. Cause it's like, there has to be schools out there and I don't want to compare, but there has to be schools out there worse than circle of hope. Yeah. And I can't even fathom, like there's one in Montana that girls like are outside working in the freezing cold temperature and it's always freezing cold out there. Yeah. And, um, it's just sad to me. It's overwhelming to know that there's these many, like this many schools. I just know that I am super, super super thankful for this is paris because um it got people looking more into this and i think i read something where she's going to be working with um lawmakers as well trying to get mm. bills passed and so if that's the case i just i want it to be loud enough that every single lawmaker in every state gets together and 
pushes a bill through that this can no longer happen. Like yeah. I just, I'm super thankful that she is using her platform for something good. Yeah. And honestly, that's all that matters. No, n- nothing in her past matters. It's the fact that she's literally taking a risk Mm-hmm. and um openly speaking about people because these places are vindictive when you yeah. start speaking out on them they're vindictive right. and she has a lot a lot more to lose than any one of us right and so i'm so i'm so thankful for that yeah no that's awesome yeah and i, I i'm excited she's using your platform for this as well and i'll definitely be keeping track like i never thought that i'd be like a paris hilton fan but now i'm like <laughs> seeing i'm seeing her post i'm like yes that's awesome I so know. But, um, but yeah, well, um, I mean, you're using your platform, you've created a huge platform as well. And you're doing a great job um, shedding light on this. And like, it's, it's amazing. Like I see it all the time, people like flooding your comments with like their stories and, and things like that. So thanks for everything you're doing. And, and thanks for taking time to talk with me about this. I mean, I'm, I hope everybody that's listening to this does take time to watch it. Um, trust me, like, even if you're not like, don't know anything about Paris Hilton and you're the same background as me. And we're like, I don't even know who this is. It's, it's an amazing documentary and you'll walk away. Definitely a fan, I think (laughs) for sure. So, and I have to say, um, thank you for what you do because, um, growing up independent fundamental Baptist, it's just very nice knowing that there are people out there that are willing to stand up and say, hey, this isn't right. Like what you're doing is wrong. And it's just nice seeing that because before there were like Catholic groups, there were um, all these other groups, but now seeing the independent fundamental Baptists, it's like, okay, yay. (laughs) Like we're not crazy. Like us other people that like survive the independent fundamental Baptists aren't crazy. And there's this whole like other support system. So it's, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's bittersweet. Like it's great that it's resonated with so many, but it's sad. There's so many to resonate with and, but it's the same thing. Hundreds of messages from people who've had these crazy experiences, but all we can do is keep speaking up about it. And I guess, uh, I mean, we just talked about breaking code silence, but not staying silent about this stuff and, and just keep getting the word out. So but uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, definitely go watch This Is Paris. Drop everything else you're doing and check it out tonight and uh, let us know what you think. But thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.